Check out the menu. It's the set lunch with me, Reza Pasha. Yo, you're listening to The Set Lunch with me, Razif Hashim, and we are now serving the main course where we get insights from entrepreneurs in the F&B industry. Today, I'm talking to Dave Anand, who's co-founder of Davies Corner. Now, it's a modern update on authentic South Indian food, and the way they lay it out, it's totally Malaysian cuisine. Dave, welcome, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Hey, Razif, uh, thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to be with you in this lovely, nice atmosphere, the studio. Yeah, it's pretty cool, right? It's like a spaceship out here. Yeah. Yeah, for those of you who've never been here, yeah, this looks like a spaceship. Okay, anyways, uh, yeah, I hope you're, you know, tucked in there, fasten your seatbelt, because we're going to be asking you a lot of questions now. Um, Dave, we'd love to know your um, beginnings. Um, every entrepreneur, um, you know, had to take the first step somewhere. Uh, where was it for you? Mm, well, um, I would say that success doesn't come without hard work. And all the more, you wouldn't know what is hard work until you face struggles in your life. So initially, where we started off from, we had a lots of hurdles. We saw lots of rain, shine, especially when I was at nine years old, helping my mom. Okay, is that where it all started? Yes, it all started back at the time when we were all facing a very hard time, when my mom said, okay, I need to raise my two sons. I need to give them a good education. I need to give them the best. As we know, mom always works hard, restlessly to feed and to bring up your child, their child actually. So therefore she came up with the idea after work. I'm working in MNC those days in, a Met uh, in Motorola. So I thought maybe I can finish my work, and then start a store. Maybe from the time of 7 to 10. Right. For three hours just to do something on a free time. Yeah. I see. So yes. tell us about that stall. Where was it located? Initially, we were in PJ, where it was near a temple because we were staying in a Kampung Tunku. And then after some time, we shifted to Bangsa where we were staying in our auntie's place. And then we moved out from her place and then we were renting a house in Chindarai, which was in Bangsa as well. So we decided to open a small stall within the premises near our location. And we started off from, say, from the time was like from 6 to 10 o'clock a.m. And we had TMC right behind us. This was back in 1988. A okay. good three decade. Yeah. Right, right, right. So tell us about that stall. What did you serve? Um, what was the price point? What were you going after? Or was it just like, uh, we'll just open a nasi lama and see how it goes? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, my mom was the brainchild. So therefore, being at, at the tender age of 10, uh, I would say initially, it was like I, I was still in school. So therefore... My mom used to be cooking for the evening at about for six to open the stall. So therefore, I attend school in the morning from seven. I finish my school at about 2.30. I do some extra curriculums in the school. And then I come back. I head home first. And then I will do the extra helping hand by buying some things that she need in uh, 
in TMC. And uh, of course, once I buy her all those groceries that she needs and then she does all the gravy, then we push the stall to the location in front of TMC. So how did I manage to help her is like, um, like I set up the stall with her because her work was to just cook. So me and my brother used to just push the stall all the way to the location and then we set up everything. And then we put the pots, the chicken, the chicken masala that you guys still see in the restaurant that we serve. So we put all that there. And then we make sure that my mom always taught us to make sure to have your hands, your fingers are supposed to be clean at all times. And then she also just checks with us whether have we done our school homework also as well. Mm. So that time what we do is we, we try to learn to do chapatis. Chapatis and tosis at the age of 10, 11, we, we do that. So before we, so as, as we practice and then we decided, we, we saw lots of uh, customers who used to go to TMC when they parked their car, they used to say, hey, can we have like two toses? Mm. Take away. At that time, we only had a very small mobile uh, setup where it wasn't like 32 dishes, but it was just like uh, chicken and a little bit of chicken masala and uh, chicken warwell and tose chapati. Mm. where it was just nice to run for about 3-4 hours. Right. Yeah. Smart to start with chicken. This is our favourite meat in Malaysia. Do yes. uh, you have any veggies as well? Uh, yes, I, I always remember we used to have this uh, uh, aloo. For the Punjabi call it aloo, but for us we call it the potato masala. Yeah. Yes. yes. Potato masala. Yes. Right, right. Okay, cool. So, yeah. so from that humble shop, uh, how long did you guys, uh, from the humble, not even shop, it was a stall. Yeah. Uh, how long did you guys run that before you decided to move on to a, a more secure location? Initially, we were told from that current place where we were started, we, we were informed that it's no longer sufficient or no longer a good place for us to run that stall. Therefore, they decided to relocate us in front of where it, it was formerly uh, CIMB. So we were there for about good eight years. Formerly CIMB? Yes. Which is in Jalan what? I mean like right now, because CIMB is now next to, uh, uh, it's on that it's on that route, right? Yeah, it's on it's, that route. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's on this adjacent street of uh, of TMC, isn't it? Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, what what's the formal? Um, basically, it was uh, it's called it's it, it was in Lucky Garden actually. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we were there for about good eight years, operating the whole uh, stall where we had other other uh, vendors also as well, which were working as a, as close as like neighbors. We were all a unit. So my aunt, I had an auntie, I have an auntie who was also doing appam at the roof. At the whole one whole roof, she was doing the appam and we had drink counters. Uh, the roof, you're talking about the same, uh, the, the row behind the chapfan at the, uh, behind TMC, is that it? Uh, no, not really. Prior before, uh, prior before we moved to where they were right now, where they are located, basically most of the vendors that are there at present, were initially under a one-roof uh, team mm -hmm. where they, we were all doing separate uh, items like, okay, we had about eight eight or seven uh, stalls were inside the one-whole-roof that was opposite CIMB where my auntie used to be doing uppums. She's very famous for that. And we had, uh, and we, as in my family, was doing food. We were doing the nasi campur. 
and uh, we had Ruchanai also as well. And then there were other uncle and auntie that was also doing wadays. We had wadays and we had some nice growing pisang for tea. And then we had another family that was also doing uh, drinks. And somebody else was doing the fruits. And we had lots of nice fun. Basically, everybody was under the same roof where they were doing uh, their own food items. So therefore, uh, at, at that point of time, we were all at one roof until there was Commonwealth. So again, we had no choice but to move out from there. So since we were in, in, in Kuala Lumpur, so the Dewan Bandarai Kuala Lumpur suggested that they will do something for the vendors who was there. They gave us an opportunity. But then again, it was a very slim and the opportunity was not... It was good because everybody had to move. So we, they gave us a location at where we are right now, at that present place like the Upper Manti and the, and the Vade and all of them. They had their own separate uh, counters. They gave us a food court sort of thing, which you can find behind TMC, where I would say uh, at that once they were given a location of their own counters, everybody decided to do their own drinks and everybody decided to do their own food. So it was no longer uh, uh, everybody was in the same roof. So every, when everybody was starting to do their own food and their own drinks, therefore the competition would be very high. Right, right, right. Okay, so then you decided to move to your first shop. Now, it is located uh, at the corner of what's in front of Bangsa Village 1, right? It used to be there. And um, when did you guys move into that space? Okay. Was that your first shop? Yes. Initially, uh, yes. Has, when the whole process of all of them were transferring from the, from the CIMB to where it is right now in TMC... My, my, my mom and my dad, basically, they decided to take the risk of wanting to open their own restaurant. Basically, they, they were having a plan of how long are we going to be at this, at this location or how long are we going to be moved from one place to another. So, they decided... And they took a very and they executed their plans. So therefore, from where we were in front of CMB, we decided of not taking the opportunity behind TMC. We decided to move forward to a restaurant. Yeah. I see. Well, there you go. Uh, the entrepreneurial journey of uh, Dave Arneth with his family, uh, starting off as a small, humble stall in PJ, being moved to Bangsa and then moved again and again and again. Um, you know, finally ending up in their first shop in uh, Talawi. They then moved on to another location. What happened after that? You, you got your, your space and then, um, you know, you decided to expand. What was the story there? Well... After opening our first restaurant, we became we learned a lot of things. The process of opening a restaurant was not the same as in operating a restaurant and a store. Because the volume in terms of employees and in terms of your suppliers and in terms of your rental and the cost and overheads that you need to pay has tripled. So it gave us a new experience on how do you run a restaurant. Because when when you were a stall, it was you do not you do not know exactly what are the enforcers that you need to face. Like when you run a restaurant, you need to know 
the health department needs to come in and check your staffs. And then uh, at that point of time, I remembered when we were waiting for the license to, to be given to us. So we had uh, Jabatan uh, Kesehatan, they will come and inspect your location. And then we had safety and health, I mean, safety issues from the bomba. They will come and check on your exits, whether your exits are improper. And then we had DBKL. They will come and check whether your restaurant is like properly, uh, um, is it clean? So we needed to get an approval from various departments before they hand you your license. Because it, it would be unlawful for you to run a restaurant without making an application and given a license. So even that took some time because you, all your staffs need to be legal and then somebody needs to like get to know who are the departments like the immigration departments. So it was a lots of lots of hard work and it's lots and lots of process of learning on how do you actually embark to a next journey. It was just not about shifting okay it's got a restaurant then again procedure of your tenancy agreement how, how many years and then you have to cough up a lot of uh, the initial payment of your rental everything is like two plus one so we are talking about in terms of money value monetary is a lot a lot about hundred two hundred thousand so it, it it's lots of challenges when you when you move out from that particular place of a stall to a restaurant and and you, and you start to meet a lot of customers that really loves your food, that starts to support from your stall, and they come to your place and say, hey, the food is good. And uh, lots of friends of mine that I know, that since childhood days, they bring their parents to the restaurant and they support us. I used to see my friend's mom and dad, and then I got a lot of other people. And then there were lots of other FNBs, like nightclubs and all. So lots of people were coming in. So therefore, it was a little bit difficult at the initial stages when when you when a lots of people started to speak about, hey, there's a restaurant in Davies in Bangsa. There's a restaurant in Bangsa. It's called Davies. You should go and try the chapati. You should try uh, masala tose. You should try lots of food. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, lots of people, hey, you guys are running Davies. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because we were not so sure how those people, you know, suddenly a lots of people coming to know. When those days you used to just cater for about 100, 200 people, then suddenly now you are like, you open a restaurant from, say, 7 in the morning for breakfast, right up to 2, 3 o'clock, it's packed. So lots of people were like coming and they were trying. So the challenges to cope, especially in terms of how much to cook and your suppliers, what, what are the dishes that you want to prepare? So there were lots of challenges. And how do you manage your stuffing? And how do you cope with all those uh, new customers and, you know, lots of things. So it was all about trial and error. Right. From the scratch. So it was not so easy, but it was just like you go to school every day and you got something new to learn. So for typically for my dad, he was quite a very experienced uh, person because he did some accounts and all. And my mom was a cook. So, and my brother was there also as well. I remember him all the time finishing school also as well. So it's no longer uh, the same because he was like, after school those days, we used to play some games or some things together, but now it's like no longer. So lots of us were very busy with work and we didn't have the time to communicate. It's no longer that I have the time, like I can go talk to my mom. 
like those days you know what what i need to buy but now it's like when you're talking to your mom there's there's another staff who's needing the attention also as well so like a lot of people say businesses need a lot of sacrifices especially with family absolutely yeah. absolutely well they say once you start a shop you're pretty much married to it um, yeah. the whole time you know what i mean you never leave the shop Commitment. and so um, yeah. i guess it's it's like any other family business but you know as long as you're with family then everything should be okay yeah. um great great stuff there um wanted to talk to you a bit more about the other branches that you had opened up in tamanton as well as in hartamas um along your journey you know what i mean uh and and that leading to your move um you know from from one shop lot in Tlawi to the other Tlawi 3 now is it um no we are actually at uh Tlawi 4 yeah, at the corner of Tlawi 4 that's right that's right um in front of the police station um yeah so let's let's hear a bit about that mm, actually right after when we were in uh in where we were in Tlawi 3 and then we decided that uh, we needed to move to a newer location which is in uh, Tlawi 4 that's where we are at current And we also, while we were in Tlawi 3, we branched out to Sri Hartamas, Desa Sri Hartamas. That was a very good uh, opportunity that we took. It initially, when we started off, like like what I said is, after running the business in Tlawi 3, in six months, my stepfather, I mean, my my father actually, sorry, he actually passed away in a car crash. Oh dear. So, in six months, when he passed away in a car crash, so a lot of things were... Again, back to struggle again because we we were not so sure about the accounts. We were not so sure what are the bills we were paid actually. So because he was managing the financial part of the whole restaurant, so then again, it's again we we came to know there's lots of bills that needs to be paid. So thank God, we had a former a partner who, who was actually interested to invest with us. So we decided to expand. Looking at the current financial situation, we said the best is we expand, and we decided to co-join our resources because he was good in all this immigration and hiring labors and stuff. So we decided to open with Desa Sri Hartamas. So when Desa Sri Hartamas again, when we opened at that location again, it was a boom. A lots of people started to like the food, especially those in Damansara side. So again, we were lucky. I would say, Rizkiya. So again, it was really good, and uh, and we were successful again to to have paid off our debts actually, mm-hmm. and then we decided to embark from there, and then we from there then my mom was a bit adventurous. My mom is a very uh, capable and a very talented person. She's a multi-talented person, even till today as an individual. I I would see her as a person that for a person that has not got to a university, she is a very talented person in terms of she can do uh, florists in terms of flower arranging, exactly as in what you see in the in the shops. She can do that, and she was a real estate agent also as well, and she could cook, and speak about someone who's really talented, and you you and you got. And when you have someone you can learn from, I think that should be the person. Although, although while I was doing my master's degree with Edinburgh Business School, although I knew that she didn't have a very high, highly educated, I mean she was not uh, highly as in like she didn't finish a university and such, but I would say that she's a very multi-talented person. 
very good in terms of how do you handle your customers and how do you handle a particular situation she used to tell me do not be emotional be diplomatic get to know what is your customers or that particular person's need hmm. which you all the time when you go to an MBA school you you always learn this in 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 terms of your papers then yeah, you it's come theory to, but yeah. when you get out there it's yeah. different isn't it correct it's it's very practical so for like for me when i was like when i was 10 years old i was learning all this so when i was like looking at some of those case studies that a lots of other organization face i say hey this is like okay oh this is the term oh okay you know you have like when when you when you have like uh, a two department can't work together you put in a person in 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 between to actually compromise which is called an a licensed man- manager who can you know so a lots of things i was oh, okay this is what we back in back in those days i was actually reading and you know learning about so yeah and then again i was pretty you know adventurous also as well so yeah we we opened up another restaurant in uh, sungai way mm-hmm. so we had three restaurants we were like managing so it was it, it while i was doing my master's degree so it was a bit difficult for my mom to cope so we decided to sell it off lock stock and barrel to one of her friend so we sold it off and then they were running the the business with our name mm-hmm. as in it was more like a franchise we mm-hmm. sold it to them and then we had hartamas we had uh, sungai way and then when uh, after a certain point in desasri hartamas the landlords were actually wanting back the location because they were wanting to put a bank so we decided to move on to tamantun mm-hmm. and uh, my mom was basically she was not she was very tired to with a lots of things so she decided to hand that restaurant to her former partner yeah so which is in tamantun right now but they all carry the devi corner devi's corner name yeah yeah it's a very uh, it's a very strong name at that point of time lots of people oh devi's yes we know the food is good especially the curries and uh, especially the the service that we used to give So, so really let's good. just let's just touch on this a little bit. Is it a franchise now, or is it uh, is it wholly owned by other people? Uh, no, uh, at this point of time, it's it's not wholly born. Uh, I mean, it's not wholly owned because most of those who wanted to join venture with us, they wanted to start off as Davis Corner. Right. So what we do is we bring in them. We invite them to come inside as a working partner. Mm-hmm. So while when we are managing the other restaurants, so the working partner will be around there because mm-hmm. we need someone who, who's in the authority form or someone who's able to manage staffs. Yeah. So we need someone who okay, you invest with us, then you, you can you know run a restaurant with us also as well. So lots of people had the passion, but sometimes they themselves can't come out and start a brand name. It may not work. Mm-hmm. So and some of those people who invested with us were basically friends. So they decided to invest and then we decided to run. And we grew from there. 
That's fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, um, you know, managing to keep the quality of the food all together um, very, very well, uh, you know, uh, bringing everything together and keeping the quality of the food up there is a challenge. Tell us a bit about how you guys started developing the menu, if, especially from the very beginning, you know what I mean? Three different chickens, a bit of veggie, your chapati and your toses, and now Malaysian cuisine. Yeah. Initially, at the beginning, my mom was actually cooking where I used to see her stir the food, saute the chicken. And during the mobile card days, we were actually uh, cooking only a number of dishes where it was possible for my mom to manage, especially where she's able to plan in terms of her cooking. So therefore, cooking a little bit more would make her tired and then she has to also help out in the stall. So as we grew and we became a full-fledged restaurant and uh, we started to operate for longer hours and we decided to hire more of Indian cooks, Indian chefs from India. And many of them, those chefs that came in, had their own uh, ideas about cooking. But my mom decided to still uh, pass down the recipe to them because they may not know exactly what this Malaysian culture would want in terms of spiciness because when you have a foreign uh, when you when you when you have a aid of from foreign cooks they may not know how much of spice that you need to put in a sambal right. or in a chicken curry it could be even more spicier so therefore she always uh, teach them trains them and then she also does a lot of consistency in terms of checking the curries in terms of how she how whether there's enough salt how are they preparing the maison place and all those things so she used to be checking on all the cooks in terms of whether the supplier the food and all those things have came on time so so she she make she ensures the quality of the food so what about the expansion of your menu then? You know what I mean? Uh, now we see that you've got your tandoori, you've got your standard mixed rice, but of course it's a very Indian um, you know, uh, menu, very curated uh, in South Indian menu. Uh, you've also got your banana leaf happening upstairs, but ever so often you have your crab curries, which by the way, uh, I think is one of the best things ever uh, if you haven't tried it you should totally give it a shot it, it takes your um, banana leaf experience to a whole new level uh, then you've got your rojak buah you know what I mean uh, those guys over there so so there's an array of things going on uh, and why did you choose to, to make it an eclectic thing like that well today we are really uh, blessed to have one of the best banana leaves in Kuala Lumpur definitely it's a lots of lots of hard work, a lots of lots of uh, uh, consistency and uh, ensuring that everything is cooked out from the pan to perfect when it reaches your customers on the table. We ensure that every single thing from the from the from the preparation and we make sure that you know the customers are going to be happy with us. And uh, Apart from that, we also added a lot of initially when we spent even when initially when we started selling banana leaf rice on the first floor serving, I would say that we were happy that customers kept on encouraging, kept on supporting 
we were hearing a lots of magical words like wow it's one of the best crab curries although i'm a vegetarian <laughs> and oh so you never tasted it yourself <laughs> i i it's amazing I, i did not try it although we were actually uh we hosted afc asian food channel for our crab curry and uh, they came by and they wanted to do it although till then i was still adamant on wanting to be vegetarian and then after 17 years when i was doing my culinary in uh, culinary cooking then i decided look i'm wanting to learn how to cook and i'm a chef and i have to try it yeah definitely you can i'm, I'm just going to say guys you cannot be a chef if you don't test with your with your yeah. goods you know what i mean even even the most vegetarian or vegetarian chefs needs to at least know yes. what it tastes like what how how it does things to the, the how the pan affects the meat just stuff like that anyways carry on back back to you i would say that they were just marveled by a lots of people said that the crab curry and and the kerala fish curry and the chicken varuval and the crab sambal was just amazing a lots of people say they come from all over the place and from jb and from a lots of outstation they say and even overseas as far as overseas like australia london and especially my friends who was very supportive they brought a lots of their foreign friends who was a tourist from other countries and they always bring them by for a good banana leaf set and they said that it's really awesome they have tried many banana leaf lunch in other restaurants and they said your crab curry and your kerala fish curry is one of the best and we were like okay i was like how does it taste actually <laughs> to be honest so i always whenever i always ensure when i i always invite my friends there's always like some some friends like dato and some close friends that i know since i was young i always invite them over and then make them a guinea pig to try sometimes i cook and i give it to them and see whether it's good or not so i've got one of a set of friends that always comes by and i cook and i give them i say hey let me know how is it until after i finish my culinary certification then i i said that yeah it's good it's it's really good although i was reluctant at first to try because i'm a quite a, a vegetarian and and spiritual too so i decided a little bit a little bit then i realized yes it's it's really good i think with about 10 people saying that it's really good with about 10 people saying that it's really good then i definitely uh, i do it's not necessary for me to try because i can take it from them absolutely for sure absolutely yeah. well um i'm going to vouch that the food's really good personally if i were to um hit davies um i would recommend and take note on this get yourself a banana leaf set make sure you have your crab curry make all the other curries on the side and then order the fried chicken the fried fish because i'll tell you especially if it comes out fresh that's the one you want all other curries on the side so you don't like you know totally mix it up and yeah that's that's what i would do actually How did you market Davies Corner from the very beginning? How did you build this brand? Um, you know, uh, yeah, share share a little bit about that. Mm, well, then again, uh, I would say that we did not spend a penny on any marketing tools. It was purely by lots of customers that has been supporting us from the time that we initially start the business. So we were very fortunate and very 
happy and blessed to have good customers. Till today, I still say one thing to my staff and to myself, customers are always right because if it had not been for them, we had not been have, having this business at all. So therefore, even till today, we ensure that customers are always given the priority and respect when they come to our restaurant. So therefore, as you can see, uh, even I'm always very at their service at all times, regardless of who they are, what they are. Customers have been a blessing to us because they have brought us up from the time from the stall to where we are today. And uh, we meet a lot of customers who have done a lot of things. I've met lots of prominent people, which uh, I, I, I wouldn't mind saying lots uh, about their names and stuff. A lots of big, big people who have inspired a lots of other people, like Asia Boss. And uh, I've seen a lots of... Um, I even seen uh, Tun M. He was once upon a time uh, one of our customers that we went to his house for Hari Raya. And also our opposition leader, Anwar Ibrahim, the daughter, and uh, a lots of other prominent businessmen. So it was like we didn't, for lots of other people, we go to their place to see them. But for us, we, we see them at our restaurant. Mm. So I was like, oh, oh my God, you know. I was like, did you guys, uh, I, I was always checking, you know, did, did my staffs, did, did they take the right orders? Because most of them are from foreign land. But these guys are very cool and they are always very, you know, very humble and they, they take their orders very well. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so, so, um, yeah, so that, that's the marketing, uh, you know, it, I want to discuss actually um, with you, Dave. I think it's like um, it's very important to note the the fact that you started out in the eighties, right, in Bangsa, and at that point of time, um, food in Bangsa was—I mean, it was there, but you know, there were only a couple of of restaurants that really served um, authentic Southern Indian food. You know what I mean? Um, you were kind of like the pioneers, and um, and so. You know, during the days of clubbing, I mean, you know, Bangsa, Bangsa went up and down and up and down. You know what I mean? When it came to that that nightlife thing, um, even during the days when there was the, you remember the maple, uh, that that long road where everybody yeah, was just sitting, stalls. the stalls, where everybody yes. was sitting down. You know what yes. I mean? And and you know, you were part of that that community. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and everybody still went to Davies. You know, from from back then. Tell us about what it was like to you know, open or, or to discover new markets in your area, especially within that scene? Mm, I would say it was Bangsa at one point in time was the most happening place in Kuala Lumpur. It, it still is, you know, one of, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just that it never loses its, 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 its fun. It never loses the identity of nightlife even till today. I would say Back on the days when we started off Davies Corner, the pubs were one of those places that was really happening and lots of people hunt for food right after finishing their nightlife. And the first thing they want like to have after a beer or their drinks is some nice, good, spicy food. So therefore, Davies was one of those places where they want to try their tandoori chicken and they want to have their roti chanai and they want to have their rice with some nice chicken spice 
and they and they like the satay also as well so lots of people were still like wanting to come out and and enjoy their food after their clubbing to sober themselves down and you know after that whole of night of that whole music blasting they wanted to just come out from there and sit down somewhere and really talk how was the night you know and for lots of couples out there they want to just you know say hi and lots of friends who were wanting to go back the next day to back to their homeland maybe in foreign land it was one of those places that that they wanted to sit down and they wanted to chat they wanted to like you know have a lively lively talk where it allows them you know with the food especially or drink a tetare over a conversation so lots of people had their own agendas of why they want to be in davis right yeah and some would just want to come there and just chill out look at the atmosphere you know especially school kids or college students or college students to be out there they want to come out and say hey let's check out what's friday night in bangsa and i was one of them also i only think i was a bit fortunate because we were running the restaurant so we were there part of the whole of the whole who ha and the party and the whole thing so bangsa yes it has been one of those places that actually it was vibrant and with us being there it added more culture and more fun to the existing of night nightclubs because people needed needed not to drive out to get good food so we were a plus point with a lots of other bar nightclubs which already had a lots of other varieties like italian a lots of bar out there and good food also as well so being davies there it was a big options for them so and they really like the tetare so some people really love and to chill out so we were we were part of the whole happening thing even till today yeah that's that's amazing see not many companies um you know have the for, have the uh, were fortunate enough to be there in the heyday and you know to be part of the leaders of the market and the and the pioneers of the community and so word of mouth really gets around way back then but then today with the mono competitors in the market i'm sure um dave you're you're very well aware that you and you know and i see it in your efforts on social media that you guys are you know constantly marketing opening up new markets making sure that people constantly try and giving new things for people to try your your uh your previous customers to try as well so what's your strategy these days what do you do to keep them engaged practically one thing we are very clear food is what we sample out so therefore we ensure that our curry is has reached from the beginning till the end so whatever we do we ensure the con- the consistency of the food and the taste and now and then we add on more varieties and we try to add specialties for customers who want to know are you guys just good at uh a nasi champo so we added on banana leaf at initial stages we didn't have banana leaf but when we when we added banana leaf it became one of those uh those uh hype that they were all the customers were talking about so to think about maggi mee goreng today it's one of the most moving fast moving food so therefore we we ensured that the taste and the quality of the food has been consistent and how we win our customers is by ensuring that that we give them a good service a service from our heart so therefore we always ensure that we are polite to our customers regardless of who they are 
or how how angry they could be sometimes waiting for their food and regardless of whatever happens we always say we are very sorry for the service today and we we want to make it better so we ensure that whatever that they order we give it to them because customers are probably uh, uh, could be hungry and you know sometimes it's important for us to to understand those feelings because when you tell them that you are sorry for for being a little bit delay they would understand mm. because good food is you always need to wait for a while yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and um you know hungry clients can be emotional um you know <laughs> i've personally had that kind of experience myself uh your presence on social media is um uh, is pretty much there i mean like you know your um uh, are there any efforts that you're taking or or running any campaigns um anytime soon or recently uh yes what we have been doing is we have uh, decided to branch out a little bit on like doing online promotion like online riders like food panda we've been working collaborating with them then we've got uber eats and lately uh, grab was actually wanting to sponsor us on the signage because uh, they were wanting to introduce uh, e wallet a new methods of uh, of payment so we are trying to make it easy, easier for our customers instead of using cash we are wanting to also use e wallets also as well so we are trying to reach out our customers who can't dine in our place by having food delivery and we are engaging in advertising on our tiffin carriers mm. food delivered on tiffin carriers authentic indian style the tiffin uh, tinkat yeah yeah so we are trying to yeah with the banana leaf to our customers yeah all right fantastic well there you go some product offerings out of um Davies Corner um that's that's coming up to you soon for now we want to know where you're going to be in the future what's going on dave um lately we have been uh, we have engaged a third party who has a consultant on working on a proper system to enhance the ordering method using the PDAs so therefore it'll be more system systematic and makes things easy for our for our employees to take orders and to also send orders so apart from creating a better system a work method we have also uh, facelifted our restaurant with a new renovation a new look and uh, we have also brought in more tools and we have also for the for the for the brighter side of our employees we have engaged on a on a on a weekly we have a briefing with them and we want to know how to uh, cater for their needs in terms of what do they need so we have got couple of programs and also we are we are planning to add on extra activities because i see employees as one of the most pillars of growing your business absolutely so therefore we are wanting to engage in good activities in terms of like health activities like having yoga and having some exercises with the staffs this is to at least for us as an employer we will know how our employee are in terms of health and then we are also planning to uh engage more oneness among all the staff as a team this not only allows davis uh definitely with engaging activities like this it will indirectly help the growth and also the future of davis right 
because one part of of I I must give out the credits to one part of my pillar of strength of my business of Davis Corner today is my staffs because had not been for them it would not be easy to be where we are today because those are the guys who really work hard to adapt and to adjust with the local customs and lots of things and with with once uh, i've really like strengthened this definitely me and together with my staff and my other team members we are able to work on loyalty programs for our customers and also uh, i mean once upon a time like uh, when i when i hear when i was young i was here hey uh Carl's Jr having loyalty program you can fill in more drinks and you you know you get discounts and those were like something that i was like thinking of but today i realized that it's really important for us to give it back to our customers and to the society like loyalty programs and giving uh discounts for for college students maybe mondays all all college student with the id will be able to get 10% off and we are also trying to get school kids to have their membership card where they can pay for their parents and some of those things that when i was back there that i wish that i could actually do so i'm actually wanting to give it back to the society maybe at one point of time i would want to have scholarship to give for students who are unfortunate that i can actually uh, sponsor them maybe up to certificate or diploma and lots of other things and for the business perspective Yes, we are planning to branch out with a proper system and also to engage on a, a better marketing techniques and tools and also to keep on reaching out to our customers out there and make our food uh to be reachable to any of the doors within Klang Valley. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Dave, Customers. we've learned so much from you. Thank you so much. But right now, I think um we be, we would best part with some words of wisdom for anybody out there, um young people who want to become F&B entrepreneurs. What would your message be to them? Firstly, I would say in life, if you have choose the part, don't turn back. Preserve, preserve yourself, work hard. and never give up and always have a very good strength especially work with your emotional intelligence learn how to overcome each obstacle because each obstacle teaches you something new so never give up and always tell yourself there's always never give up and just work towards your goals even you fall you raise you rise again and again you work towards your plan because one day whatever that you have worked hard for you might see it and you might enjoy it and you might be happy and you can share it with other entrepreneurs that really needs a word of wisdom and a helping hand so therefore it's important for you to come out there and face those challenges so that one day you will be able to help someone just like you in the future yeah all right there you go words of wisdom from dave arnath co-founder of davis corner thank you so much for being together with us today brother yes thank you my friend razif it was really wonderful to share this seed and the studio with you and uh, 
I never knew the studio would be like this. That's my first experience. And thank you very much for being very down to earth. You really made us comfortable sitting down in this chair in this seat actually. And uh, I'm really happy to be here today. Awesome. No, yeah. I'm very happy to have been, uh, you know, to have you over here. We've eaten their food loads. You should try it if you haven't. Davy's Corner out in Bangsa.